Dr. Ken Cowan is with us. Dr. Cowan, how are you this morning? Fine. Thank you very much. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you right now? Uh, about 15. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about um, the background of this place? Uh, no, it's I can't believe how fast it, it went up. It just seems like yesterday they were breaking ground with it, and then now they're opening it here the next week or so. Is that right? Yeah, it's been under construction for three and a half years, uh, so we're, we're we're about to open it up uh, uh, with patients uh, in the beginning of June. But uh, this is something I've been uh, planning and envisioning for uh, almost uh, 10 years now, how we uh, develop and, and, and create a new cancer center that would integrate all cancer care and cancer research uh, in one facility to maximize the, uh, the hope that we can provide for patients. Great, great. So take us back to about 10 years ago, um, you know, in, in your background, uh, you're the uh, professor and director of the Epley Institute, uh, professor in the Department of Oncology. Uh, what, what was happening here here in Omaha? I know the place looked probably a lot different than it does now. How did you see this vision come to play? It did, actually. You know, I came here in uh, almost 17 years ago, in 1999, from the National Cancer Institute in uh, Bethesda, Maryland, right outside D.C., where I worked there on that campus uh, in the Cancer uh, Institute and um, ran programs, uh, clinical programs in breast cancer, and also ran research programs in breast cancer. When I came to uh, Omaha and the UNMC, uh, we did have uh, an employee institute for cancer research. We also had a cancer center that incorporated uh, clinical activities in cancer with uh, the basic research activities in cancer. And over the you know first six, seven years I was here, we really um, um, recruited a number of faculty to expand both our clinical and research programs. And you know within you know seven, eight years, we knew that we were growing out of space both for our clinical programs as well as for our research programs. We started down the pathway of thinking, what would the future look like in terms of a new facility that would really provide the best benefits, maximum benefits for patients, but will also allow our clinical faculty and our research faculty uh, to uh, work better together to form teams to really uh, look at the uh, possibilities of new discoveries, uh, how to diagnose and treat cancer, and bring those discoveries uh, to the clinic for patients. So previously, were, were some of these folks kind of scattered all, all around campus, and this provide a more, more centralized location to collaborate on new things? Yeah, well, this, this is definitely, we were able to grow the, uh, the you know, as you know, over the last uh, 15 years, the uh, UNMC campus and Nebraska Medicine campus has grown significantly. Uh, um, we've been able to add research uh, faculty and laboratories and uh, different uh, um, buildings on our campus, term, Research Center 1 and 2, uh, Lead Transplant Center, et cetera. We also have clinical departments that were, you know, also clinics in different uh, buildings uh, where uh, it was, uh, you'd have to, you know, have appointments in, in, in different parts of our campus in order to see the surgeon, the radiation oncologist, and medical oncologist. So we began envisioning uh, one incorporated villa, uh, center where we could actually uh, uh, have 100 new, uh, 98 new li- research laboratories and uh, a, a full multidisciplinary clinic where uh, the patient will come in and make one phone call, get one appointment, see all the cancer specialists they need in one visit. And it allows us to also build, build the office space for the clinical faculty all moving into it. So medical oncology, surgical oncology, radiation oncology, pediatric oncology, uh, even GYN oncology are moving their offices into the the cancer center, so they'll be going to the clinic uh, 20 feet away, going to the 
We also have an inpatient hospital, 108 bed cancer hospital, so they'll be able to see their inpatients, their outpatients, uh, just a short walk from their offices. But right next door to them, uh, in offices right adjacent to them, we put the offices for all the research faculty that are going to be moving into the 98 laboratories. So we want to maximize the chances and opportunities for faculty and uh, staff and students to work together to look at uh, cancer in a new way, to discover um, new ways of uh, de- developing new therapies and new treatment options for cancer, even for cancer prevention. So it's a, it's a great facility. It's really phenomenal. And uh, uh, along the way, we also had a strong commitment to, uh, you know, to build a healing arts program uh, with the thought that arts can definitely play a, a role in, in healing and uh, healing patients is not only about the medical care, uh, so we wanted to make sure that we also incorporated a healing arts program in, in cancers that are that will also be providing tremendous benefits for patients, but also for uh, faculty, staff, and students. Yeah, like you tell the listeners a little bit about the sanctuary. Didn't they open that uh, last night? Was that yeah, was? we had the grand opening of the Juhuli Sanctuary. So Del Juhuli, um, international famous uh, glass artist, uh, um, came to uh, Omaha almost a year and a half ago to to visit with uh, uh, Walter Scott, and uh, out of that visit came the uh, idea that he would like to uh, build a sanctuary. A lifetime goal of his was to build a, a chapel, actually. So we looked down uh, in, uh, in our community and asked uh, if this is something the community would support, and, and uh, again, Walter and Suzanne Scott uh, uh, helped make this happen, and it opened last night. We had a ribbon cutting, and uh, Dale and Leslie Juhuli, uh, the Juhuli team was here, and it really is truly uh, phenomenal. It'll be tremendous benefit for our, uh, as I said, for our patients, uh, but also for our, our uh, faculty, staff, and students. All right. We're talking with Dr. Ken Cowan, professor, director of the Epley Institute, and the director of the Fred and Pamela Buffett Cancer Center, which is just opening uh, this week. Dr. Cowan, as you're uh, doing research, working with uh, on your own uh, for your own personal uh, practice, but then also with your colleagues, you know, what excites you uh, out there as as it relates to cancer and cancer treatment? Well, the the, the excitement in cancer um, research and cancer care is really um, understanding uh, what we refer to as the cancer genome. These are you know looking at the genetic changes that drive cancer cells to grow. Turns out that every patient's cancer is driven by a series of um, um, genetic changes, mutations, alterations in the genes that change the proteins uh, made from those genes. And those are the genetic changes that actually can drive cells to, to towards the pathway of uh, becoming cancer. We now know, you know, with, um, you know, in 2003, uh, uh, the NIH and World Scientists published the, the normal uh, human genome. It was, um, took 13 years and $3 billion to sequence the first person's normal DNA and provide that uh, genetic roadmap for what, what our cells are all made up of. Ever since then, cancer centers like ours have been taking cancer biopsies from the operating room to the uh, genome sequencing lab, and we can actually uh, look at all the entire genetic changes in, in cancer cells, and we find that um, uh, every single cancer is genetically different, and these uh, genetic abnormalities are what drive cancer cells to grow, but it also opportunities to find new drugs that specifically target these genetic changes. So these new targeted therapies are now becoming available in early phase trials. Some are already approved for certain types of cancers. So the future really is how do we how do we unravel the complexities of the cancer genome 
in, in each patient, and how do we work together between scientists and clinicians, understanding what those genetic changes mean, and how do we design an individualized, personalized treatment plan for every single patient. So everybody's uh, genetics essentially is going to uh, determine whether or not they would be susceptible for this. So we is that correct understanding? It, it, it's it's not in their normal blood. There are some genes in our blood that actually can you know change our risk of getting cancer in our lifetime. But if you look at the the cancer itself, it, it, it came from normal cells, but the DNA in those cells have been altered in such a way that it starts to turn on genes and turn on proteins to cause those cells to become malignant, grow uh, abnormally, spread abnormally, metastasize, etc. So it's the genetic changes in the cancer cells that are really going to drive how we uh, treat patients in the future. Okay, okay. So I guess 10 years ago you kind of had the vision for a center like this. Let's look 10 years ahead. Uh, what do you think we can be looking forward to uh, coming out of uh, this new place? Oh, uh, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll recruit, um, you know, we've recruited um, already about 50 new faculty uh, for the cancer center just in preparation of our opening. Uh, we'll be able to recruit an additional 50 faculty over the next five years, expand our research program. We've already expanded over the last uh, 15 years our research program. Our funding for cancer research uh, has tripled in the lab, more than tripled in the last uh, 15 years. We'll, we'll continue to grow that and double that in the next 10 years, and um, which will mean that, that we'll, we'll, our goal is to make sure that we have all our faculty, clinical our faculty, helping the research faculty fully understand the problems that cancer patients face, and our research faculty working together with our clinical faculty bringing some of the discoveries on how to diagnose and treat cancer, uh, which are being made in the laboratory, into the clinic as soon as possible. Do you, do you see uh, overall, in general, a cancer treatment? Do you see that potentially being something delivered at home for people? Or well, definitely. Our, 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 our cancer treatments are, are moving away from traditional, uh, you know, always only use of chemotherapy, which has to be given uh, and has lots of side effects, to these new targeted therapies, which are um, much uh, uh, safer, less toxic, uh, more specific for cancer cells because these targeted therapies don't affect the normal cells as well. And so many of these are in pill form. And so, again, uh, yes, you can you can take these at home. You don't necessarily have to come to an infusion center and get all your therapy uh, in a cancer center. You can actually come to the clinic, be given a prescription that's specific only for your cancer, uh, and, and then uh, get the prescriptions and then take these medicines at home. I, I only got a couple more questions for you. I really appreciate you, you giving your time on such a busy day uh, to us. We're talking with Dr. Ken Cowan, uh, director of the Fred and Pamela Buffett Cancer Center, just down just down the road here at UNMC. And um, you know, I was curious on what you thought about uh, what's happening in Washington. I know there's some funding issues potentially with the NIH and and other federal resources. Uh, how much does a place like this depend on those funds? Well, you know, much of the money that funds uh, cancer research as well as all, all biomedical research, whether it's in uh, neurosciences and Alzheimer's, whether it's in cardiovascular disease, whether it's in developmental disabilities, you know, most of the biomedical research uh, uh, funded in this country and, in fact, largely in, in the world is funded through the National Institutes of Health and the, and the Institutes uh, there through those programs. And this uh, funding is critical to advance science, to, to make new discoveries, uh, 
to um, to develop new therapies for patients, not only in cancer but in been in uh, all diseases. And we will, uh, if we, if if the NIH budget uh, is um, is is uh, is inhibited or cut, uh, uh, there'll be you know there'll be a loss to you know uh, the future of medicine and medical care just because we won't be able to get uh, new therapies out to patients as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that. Uh, you know, there was a, um, a, a initiative, uh, the Cancer Moonshot pro- Program, that was initiated on the federal uh, uh, budget uh, and, and legislation last year. It gets started. It, it actually is all focused. It's a billion dollars of research for research dollars to actually develop um, precision medicine, this genomic approach to cancer therapy, doing research and getting these uh, research findings into the clinic. So we're hoping that that funding uh, continues to uh, move forward. And then with our new facility and our faculty working closely together, we, we should be very competitive for, for those funds moving forward. And it'll be and be able to provide benefits for our patients to develop new therapies that are offered right here in Nebraska. One of the things that we talk, try and talk about and report on the show is kind of just what's happening with uh, just massive changes in technology, such as artificial intelligence, machine learning, things like that. Uh, do you have any comments on on how how those types of technologies could impact cancer research and prevention? Absolutely. So we're actually um, involved in that. So uh, just an example of the advances of technology. I mentioned that it took um, 13 years and three billion dollars from scientists all over the world to sequence the first person's normal DNA. Now the technology is. Uh, such that with uh, a small piece of equipment running, you know, day and night in our in our cancer center, um, we can actually sequence uh, a whole genome, a cancer genome, uh, literally in three days for almost a thousand dollars in research cost. And we have actually been uh, working with IBM Watson Computer mm-hmm. uh, Augmented Learning System, and we ship our. Uh, genomic sequencing in a research way to Watson, and next day we get a complete report on all the genetic mutations in the cancer cell of that patient, and uh, which which one of the hundreds of genetic mutations might actually be driving that cancer to grow, maybe four, five, and also what drugs are available out there, either in clinical trials or under development, that actually could be used to treat that patient's tumor, and then we actually are helping Watson to learn because we actually can provide feedback to Watson on what has been, you know, two or three years from now. We know the therapies we're giving to them today, what has been the um, clinical outcome for those patients. So we can actually help Watson learn uh, how to actually use the genomic information to design even better, more effective therapies uh, in the future. It's, it's just, so it'll just continue to optimize over time, absolutely, it's always a reiterative process. It, 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 its learning is based on what is available today. So, for example, it, it literally Watson searches the world's literature every week that's published in the entire world about drugs and cancer genetics. So, it has a it has an opinion and it has a learning about you know, what could be used today to treat uh, any any genetic mutation. But once we can then. Uh, teach Watson, did that therapy actually work as well as we thought, as well as Watson thought or not, we can actually train Watson uh, to actually be better at uh, at uh, learning and providing uh, even more uh, 
effective answers in the future. Do you think um, it's this is going to potentially change how some physicians are trained? You know, learning how to use things like this. Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, number one, we you know we normally present cases every week at various tumor boards to discuss how to treat and diagnose different cancers. We'll have a conference about breast cancer patients, about lung cancer patients separately, about colon cancer patients separately, and the teams will get together and discuss their area of expertise. But uh, as of, you know, this year and next year, we'll be actually starting a new uh, molecular genetics or cancer genetics tumor board where we'll actually have a conference just based on what are the genetic findings in this particular cancer, regardless of what the cancer is. And then how would we use the information from Watson or any other system or any other company to predict what's the best therapy? So it's really moving, you know, uh, quickly into uh, from the laboratory into the clinic. And I see that only evolving even more over the next five years. Wow. Very cool. Hey, any final thoughts, Dr. Cowan? We really appreciate you coming on. No, we're just very, very excited. We also want to appreciate the uh, support of the you know, city, the county, the state, and public dollars uh, to, to help build this cancer, and then the incredible generosity of numerous community leaders and, and who, uh, who believes in this vision to build a 21st century cancer center that integrates.